The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. So we did see movement in the markets today after the Federal Reserve issued a message that policy is not heading for interest rate increases anytime soon if the economy does not pick up. A more dovish message, in fact, than the markets had expected. And in return, stocks up, bonds up in terms of price, down in terms of yield. Dollar getting weaker, touching a 20-month low versus the yen. That means that yen got a lot stronger, making the job much, much harder for Prime Minister Abe and the Bank of Japan as they try to stimulate and boost Japan's economy. Connecting all the dots for us now is Douglas Borthwick. Doug is Managing Director and Head of FX at Chapdelaine & Co. here in New York City. Welcome, Doug. Thank you very much. So, first of all, the fact that more Fed officials... Uh, now, six out of 17 say only one rate increase this year compared with four rate hikes projected by the majority in December. Did that surprise you? And what does it mean for the Fed? What does it mean for the dollar going ahead? Uh, it, it didn't surprise me at all. If, if you remember, we, we spoke actually at the end of December, and, and we talked about how they wanted to have four more rate rises by the end of the year. And I was shocked I was that that was the case, and I think they'd have to come back to one or two. I think that what we're seeing now is that one or two is is coming back into focus. You know, I think that at the end of December, the Fed was just extremely optimistic, and yet their message when they raised rates seemed to be rather defensive rather than offensive. And I think that what they're doing now is they're catching up to the market and having that realization that you know what the economy isn't quite as strong as uh, as they'd expected. And I think that the the employment numbers that we saw obviously last week were terrible, and uh, that's made them obviously take a pause and, and decide that maybe we should put it off. I think that thinking that July will be the first rate rise, I think, is or the second rate rise, is obviously a little bit ahead of itself as well. So I think that we're going to see maybe, and you were talking in September, now when we, when we look at when they'll be raising rates, if they do. I think there's been a, a very big change in the market uh, since the last G20 and G7 meetings in that it seems that central banks have run their course in terms of QE and seeing that as, as the medicine for the weakness in the economies. And today, I think that the Fed really talked about how there is a difference between monetary and fiscal policy and, and what can be used for which. But also, you saw the BOJ last night come out, or at least you had the chairman of chairwoman of the LDP, uh, Tomomi Inadu, who said that structural reforms and growth strategies now much more important than QE. And I think that that's really what we're looking at is globally, the central banks are more reticent about having their balance sheets rise considerably. And maybe they're pointing now to their congresses or to the diet and saying, you know, maybe it's your turn to act. Mr. Borthwick, before we turn to uh, September, we've got to pass through June the 23rd. What do you think the voters in the United Kingdom will do, and what do you think the repercussions will be? Well, that, that's the multi-billion dollar question. I think that Multi-billion uh, pound question as well, yeah, right? Yes. Whatever you're trading it in. The you know, reality is we're trading at 142 right now. That's uh, you know, dollars to sterling. I think that if uh, if they were to remain in, um, in 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 the EU, you'll probably see a rally up to the around the 150 level. That's about a five percent move. If they decide to exit, then we're talking about going down to maybe 130 ish, which is around an eight percent move or 12 big figures. I think that 
this is a truly binary event, and we have very few binary events in the FX market. And by binary, I mean it really is a 50-50 bet here. And if you have a position going into it, you're either very right or you're very wrong. And I think that there's a lot of complacency in the market, namely because as you look back in the past, and I think that the Scottish referendum maybe is a good example here. In the Scottish referendum, it was around that 50-50 level, but then when it actually came down to people making a decision on how they were going to vote, there was they were a lot more, they'd rather vote with the status quo, with the way things were, as opposed to making a change. And I think that that's really what the remain folks are relying on, is that people don't want to take the change, and change is risky, and so let's remain. However, I think one of the, the, the major points, or the, the big turnarounds, was that the, you know, the, the Sun newspaper, which really is a voice of the people in the UK, came out a couple of days ago and said, you know, it's time for exit. And I think that now the exit, you see the exit polls ticking up, ticking up. Now, the exit polls seem to be getting ahead of themselves as compared to the, the betting numbers and the betting polls, which are still pointing towards them remaining. And this really makes it a very, very interesting play. I think that there will be few people sleeping in the foreign exchange world on April 23rd, on uh, June, June 23rd. I, I can only agree with you, Doug. And, of course, uh, our Bloomberg News stories out of London covering the, the surveys and the polls point out that there's been lots of times a, a miscue from the poll to the vote because when the undecideds get in the booth, they are the ones who tip the balance. But... So, so what do you? So, look out ahead. Is the is the Brexit vote so potentially destabilizing to Europe, to the Euro area, that you really can't tell us today what your call is for the dollar and the euro, it's and even the yen until you know how that vote goes, or you say you'll get through it, you'll have big reaction for a week, and the world won't end, and the currency trades, the currency trends continue. Well, there's certainly. Whatever happens with the sterling vote, you know, when you look at the ripples, the biggest ripple obviously is going to be where the stone drops, which is going to be how sterling trades versus all other currencies, so sterling yen, euro against the sterling, sterling against the dollar. After that, as you look towards dollar yen, you'll probably see because people will sell sterling and buy yen, that dollar yen would feel pressure on the downside if the U.K. was to exit. With euro sterling, you'd probably see people buying euros and selling sterling if the U.K. was to vote to exit, and so euro sterling would rally. But these sorts of moves would really be over the course of a couple of weeks because, remember, if they decided to exit, they still have to plan how they would exit. And so the numbers aren't really there or or the data isn't there. And and it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that happens over the next number of years. And so I think you get get this knee-jerk reaction and then the markets will calm down somewhat. I think that there is a huge trend in place right now where you see yen strength and euro strength and, and, and dollar weakness. And I've been saying this since December, and that I believe that that's because you're seeing some central banks or reserve managers in the world start to diversify out of their overweight position in dollars and into the yen and into the euro. If you'll notice, you'll see the 10-year paper now in Europe and in Japan is now negative. In the U.S., it's still you – know, U.S. is now one of the high yielders in the 10-year market. And I do believe that there is, there is an interest primarily out of the largest Asian reserve managers – to right now sell the dollar, buy euros, and buy yen. And I think it's because instead of monitoring their currency against the dollar, the Chinese specifically are now monitoring their currency versus a basket. If the UK voters decide to leave the European Union, will there be other countries to hold similar referendums? Well, remember, it's not, this isn't a vote about the UK leaving the euro, per se. This is the, leaving the trade zone or the European Union. So there, there could be a discussion of that. But I think that if you're a member of the euro, 
the odds of you leaving the EU are considerably lower than the UK. And the UK really is a specific example in that it doesn't share the euro currency, but it is part of the euro union. And so for, for trade reasons, it, it, it's rather important. Now, the knock-on effect or the domino effect from this is if the UK was to vote to leave the euro, uh, the eurozone, you'll probably find Scotland then calling for a further referendum because around 60 to 70 percent of Scottish voters would like to remain part of the European Union. And it's been mentioned a number of times that should the English essentially vote to move away, then Scotland may vote again to move away from England. And so I think that's important. But then as you see people talk about independence and you see referendums, then people worry about, well, what what could happen in Canada? Because they're spoken Quebec, they would also like to have independence. What could happen in the Basque areas? What could happen? And there's lots of different zones in Europe as well. There's people that think about, you know what, we'd like to be independent and have our own country. And that creates destabilization and obviously volatility. Just want to give me a wild forecast, or or not so wild, if the vote is to leave, uh, how low does the pound go? Where does the dollar go? Where does yen go? If they were to vote to leave, I think you'd probably see sterling drop off to, as I've said, right around the the 130 level. I think I don't think you're going to see it, you know, drop much more than that. Now that's around an eight percent move lower. That could happen, you know, rather quickly. Now, obviously, central banks are going to step in and talk about liquidity. You'll probably see that stabilize somewhat, but I just think over time you're going to see great dollar weakness over the next year or so. Thank you very much for joining us. Douglas Borthwick is Managing Director, the head of FX at Chapdelaine and Company. Right now, the British pound sterling at 142.12 and the euro at 112.64. You're listening to Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio. 